You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Now, Pete the Vet is here from uh, Bray Vet, Pete Weatherburn, from PeteTheVet.com. Hello to you, Pete. Good morning. Good morning to you. Got a question already for you straight in this morning. Uh, Pete the Vet slot, uh, a Westie shaking his head or her head a lot more than usual, but seems well otherwise. What's a Westie, just to remind us? A Westie is a West Highland White Terrier. They're one of the most most popular small pedigree dogs, actually, and they're real little characters. The one thing about them as a breed is that they're particularly prone to itchy skin. Um, They're prone to an allergic type of itchy skin, and it's a genetic predisposition. So um, when I hear about a dog shaking his head... It sounds like it's got itchy ears, and itchy ears um, are basically a version of itchy skin. You know, the, the ears are just skin that's folded in the way towards the skull. That's what ears are. And um, they're a part of the skin that's particularly prone to getting itchy because uh, the environment inside the ear is very warm and very moist. Um, and so if a little bit of itchiness starts very quickly, it gets very hot inside the ear, which makes it even more itchy. And bacteria and yeasts can multiply in that warm, moist environment. And that then, you know, they produce acids and toxins that make it even more itchy. And so it's a vicious circle that starts. So um, a Westie with itchy ears does need to go to the vet because you need to get medication to control the itchiness. Otherwise, it's a, it's a vicious circle. The ear is itchy, the dog scratches it and shakes their head. By scratching it and shaking their head, they irritate it further and it gets worse. And it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. So you need to use quite strong medication to get rid of the redness and soreness. Um, and once it's artificially cured using anti-inflammatory medication um, dogs dog will then leave it alone and if it leaves it alone it'll calm down and all will be well but it will be back again because it's genetic is that what you're saying it, there's a, it depends on the precise cause but there's quite a high chance for the Westie that this this could be the start of a more long-term problem it does vary a lot like not all Westies are affected but in a lot of cases there is some sort of underlying allergy now it could be to lots of things it could be to food it could be to pollens and dusts in the air um, and there are other causes of itchy skin that would include things like mange and um, mites and all sorts of things um, so that, but that they would have other symptoms would they not, I mean, necess- not necessarily because everything some- else apart from the scratching or the, the well, shaking of the head seems to be fine yes but sometimes it just starts with the ears and then they might have another bout of itchiness in a, in a few months time that could be itching elsewhere like maybe the feet or maybe the body um, the thing is that they go to their vet the vet will look, examine those other bits of the body and will talk to them about possible causes this a particularly itchy time of year, funnily enough, for two reasons. First of all, because there are a lot of pollens uh, in the air that, because of plants um, flowering and going to seed and all this sort of stuff, so there's lots more, a lot more allergic type particles in the air. So that's one reason. Second reason is we're seeing a surge of fleas at the moment, um, and um, I've seen every day I've been at work this week. I've seen a dog or cat with fleas where the owner hasn't realised there's a problem and when I've been examining the animal I've just seen little black specks in the coat and I pick out those specks little black specks and put them onto a piece of moist cotton wool and the the little black specks streak sort of an orangey brown colour around them 
on the moist cotton wool. And that tells me that the little black specks are actually dried blood, and dried blood is what fleas leave behind them. And so, you know, it's, it's very common just now because fleas, um, in the wintertime, they can't breed outside, but in the summertime when it's warm, they can breed outside. So if your pet, be it a dog or a cat, goes anywhere where there are other dogs or cats, there's quite a high chance that there'll be fleas in the ground. They'll jump onto your pet and they'll cause a problem. So, you know, that doesn't directly cause itchy ears generally, but it can do. Just yesterday I had a dog in and um, the normal place that you find fleas are is on the lower back above the tail. This In this dog, that area was completely clear, but up around the dog's head there was a whole heap of flea dirt. So that particular dog had fleas around its head and I'm not quite sure why that was. Um, but that was the case and so um, even though the dog wasn't itching very much there were definitely fleas there and you know how do you get rid of the fleas then well the, the right answer is this you go to your vet to get the right product now you might say as a vet I would say that but I'm saying that because it's the truth um, I had one case again this week where somebody had been to a pet shop and they picked up um, f- so-called flea drops and they thought that looks the same as to what the vet gives normally um, that'll do the job. But when I looked at the container of the flea drops, it was a herbal drop that wouldn't have anything like the same level of, of efficiency as the, the veterinary type flea drops. That you know, it's the ones that the vets sell you are guaranteed to kill all the fleas within 24 hours. That's their job. That's what they do. Whereas herbal flea drops. If you read the fine print, they're more of a sort of, well, they'll reduce the attractiveness and of why, the pets. And why can't you buy the vet ones in the pet shop? Because they're, um, I suppose because they're recently patented chemicals, that's the point. And you probably can buy some drops at, at the pet shop are highly effective. I'm not saying all pet shop drops are wrong, but I'm saying that you have to be very careful what you choose to treat fleas, because not everything is as effective as everything else. And the way that the way that drug companies work is they produce the newest, super duper, most effective, safest products and they release them through vets first of all. And then they gradually, over the years, patents drop off products and they filter down and become more widely available. So what that means is that if if you want something that's most effective, the vet is the best place to go for it. And what about uh, the fleas going on to, I don't know, cushions and things like that? that, well, that that's a, a second common problem because you're right, that the flea actually only spends a small amount of its time on the animal. What the flea does is it hops onto the animal, sucks a load of blood, and then the female flea hops off the animal and lands in the environment, be it inside or outside. And when they land, they lay something like 500 eggs a day. They... they lay massive amounts of eggs and the problem is that those eggs can sit in the environment for a long long time they hatch out into little larvae like tiny little maggoty things and then they go into the cocoon thing and in the cocoon they can stay there for up to a year and what they do is they just they wait in this cocoon for the right moment and what happens is when they detect vibration like an animal going past then they hatch out and then they Come young fleas which hop onto the animal. So what this means is you could have a problem with fleas this time of year, you could treat the animal for fleas, and you might think all is well. And then three months later, suddenly your animal's covered in fleas again. You're saying, where the heck did they come from? So the reason for that is usually because there are fleas in the house. So the choice that people have is 
they can they, they, they can of course just treat the animal once for fleas and hope that that problem is solved and give the bed a good clean that's one simple approach and if you're lucky you might get away with it the second approach would be to use flea drops on the back of your pet's neck once a month or once every two months using the right flea drops and you know the, the difference in time period depends on the particular type of flea drop that you use um, and if you you can also get a tablet you give once a month and that completely eliminates fleas as well so there's these different ways of doing it but if you give once a month treatment for fleas to your pet then even if there are fleas in your house perhaps you're not going to have a problem because your pet's going to be permanently protected okay the second approach would be to use a spray in your house that kills any adult fleas but what it also does and this is very important it leaves a residue which stops the little flea um, cocoons from hatching out into young adult fleas and if you use that, that sort of spray that means your house will effectively be sterilized of fleas Okay, now you did get your adverse reaction. Uh, pet, pet uh, vets don't want pet shops selling the products they make a huge profit from. They even stop the chemists selling vaccines. Yeah, it's not as simple as that. I, I know people will think that. Um, you know, vets don't make a huge profit from these things. They make a profit because they have to run their business. Um, you know, they, they, they can't give them away for nothing. They have to be a profit in it. Um, I'm not, like I said... Um, people will always, there's a very suspicious questioning attitude of consumers these days. And, uh, you know, um, people, okay. people, I'm not saying people must go to the vet. You can choose what you do. I'm just telling you the facts as I see them. All right. Okay. If you've got a really bad flea problem and you want it sorted quickly and efficiently, then I, the truth is you should go to your vet. All right. Okay. But it's like to put the other side. Uh, you have one minute left on an unusual animal that you found in your back garden. This is bizarre. Um, Two days ago, um, our daughter found in the garden a moorhen in the mouth of our dog, Kiko. She was holding a moorhen in her mouth. Now, moorhens live on moors and wetlands. How the heck did this moorhen get into our garden with a wall, like an eight-foot wall all around it? How did it get there? We haven't a clue. Um, the, the bird's got injured injured legs or, or paralysed legs so it can't walk and it can't fly we've been feeding it ever since on, on tiny little mealy, wriggly mealyworms and it's doing really well um, but it's got paralysed legs and I was just thinking to myself I'm not the only person to come across injured or sick wildlife and what should people do um, what they should do is go to a website which is called irishwildlifematters.ie and if you go to irishwildlifematters you'll find a step-by-step flowchart on what to do if you find okay. a bird like a like a moor hen. Thank you for that, Peter Weatherburn. You can hear this broadcast again on Pete's website, which is PeteTheVet.com. That is Peter Weatherburn from Brave Vet Old Connor in Bray.